Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. I'm sure I have goals, but at the same time, I think the main goal is just to win. Um, I think with all my goals, if we win, I think my goals, will, they'll be shown because I have to be a big part of that. So winning and just getting that feel. Like, I to be, like I feel like I've took a year off in a sense, just not being able to play. So just getting that feel, going through mistakes, going through good games, whatever. Like, yesterday was adversity for me. So it was just good to be able to go through that. That's Jarrell Branley on his mindset, his goals in the Summer League. Utah Jazz white team beat the Memphis Grizzlies 94-75. Trent Forrest went for 19. Blue team lost to the Spurs. But PK, all those guys battling for roster spots. Well, one of the roster spots went away yesterday. Eric Pascal traded for a future second-round pick. He's a longtime friend of Jazz star Donovan Mitchell. Presumably he gets one of those spots at the end of the bench. And for all the guys in Summer League, that's one less spot to play for. If you are reducing it strictly to playing for the Jazz, yes. As long as you're in the league, who gives a crap who you're playing for if you're at the end of the bench? That means you're that making means you're way more league. money than you'd ever make in the regular job. So, Jerry Sloan used to say that a thousand times over. I even heard you, the do-it-all dude. It's not just the Jazz. There's NBA teams, there's foreign teams, because I listened to each and every word the other night, both games, of you doing the play-by-play. I'm sorry. I know you are, but I've overcome that. You're the man. And I was hurt that they didn't ask me to do it. I mean, think think about me here. I mean, hardly anybody does. But in March, I get bleep canned from television, and I had a resume doing Summer League color. Did they even consider me? Yuck, hit it. No. No. It just blew me off, but yet I'm supposed to show up every day and have a cheerful, happy attitude, which you demand that I have. I just want you to know I'm trying, but it's awfully difficult. Jarrell talking about the face of adversity. Well, I've had it too. You got it yet, Yak? Oh, I've seen it all. Yeah, Kevin Durant smiled. He did. Looked right over at the broadcast table and smiled. He knew it was pretty good. Yeah, and I took my index finger, middle finger, pointed my eyes, and pointed right at Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> you and me together did the talk, Kevin. Remember me when you're playing for Olympic gold. Turn the page. Let's get to that. Hashtag NBA. Down 15 in the second quarter. The U.S. rallies. Durant leads them with 23 points. And they go on a 25-4 run. They go on a 48-14 run. They win 97-78 in the semifinals. They're going to get France now. France just beat Slovenia 90-89. Rudy Gobert with 9 points and 16 boards and 3 assists. Look at Rudy move the ball. And 50% from the free throw line. Well, there was that whole 3 of 6, yes. Don't you feel stupid? Nope. You made such a big deal about practice. I realize you're a soccer guy and practice games matter. And I told you, relax. I was like, who was it? Aaron Rodgers? A couple years back? And we said, relax. You're misremembering. I 
couldn't remember more accurately, actually. You, you also said, oh, these three guys are coming over late, and they're going to be exhausted, and now they've lost Beal, and they could be in trouble. But they weren't. Well, they actually did lose a game, which was the original discussion. They'll never lose again. No, it wasn't. Who cares yeah. if you lose? How many? You lose in the finals. Antetokounmpo, you'll lose twice in the finals, but you'll win the gold in the NBA perspective. Will you take it? No, we lost two games. We lost two games. How could I take that? Of course it doesn't matter. I mean, the, the reality is we can take guys at the last minute, which is what 40% of their starting lineup was, and play your team that's been playing together for years and still beat you when it matters. On to the finals to face Rudy Gobert and France. You got one more chance to have the Americans lose. Luka Doncic is out. 16 points on 5 of 18 shooting in that semifinal loss. Who cares? His first international defeat. The U.S. is going to win, just like they always do. They lost a game. Who did they even lose to? They lost to France, the team they're going to play in the final. They lost a group But they lost to Australia in a practice game. Mm -hmm. And I was supposed to be worried. You wanted to build not entire segments. You wanted to build shows, if not weeks, upon that. And I told you... Reel it in, big fella. The Wizards acquire guard Spencer Dinwiddie in a side-and-trade deal that will net Dinwiddie a three-year, $60 million contract. I tried to save you from embarrassment, but I couldn't. The deal—no, actually, you're in charge of embarrassment. The deal involves— Which is why I tried to save you from it, because I am in charge of it. I thought, well, I can embarrass you over here or really embarrass you over there. Exactly. Thank you. The deal involves five teams. It's rolled into the Westbrook to Laker trade. So that is now a five-team deal. You're, you're minutia here, my friend. Minutia. Former All-Star LaMarcus Aldridge, who abruptly retired in mid-April. Heart concerns sideline him. Is exploring the possibility of resuming his 15-year NBA career this season. It doesn't matter. He's got nothing left. In free agency news, the Knicks had former All-Star guard Kemba Walker after he reached a buyout with the Thunder. Knicks forward Julius Randle also got four years and $117 million on a contract extension. So now he's making $140 million over the next five years. As Julius Randle should. When you look at the long line of Knicks difference makers, I put Julius Irving and Julius Randle right at the top. How is Julius Irving a Knicks difference maker? The question, my friend, is how is Julius Randle a Knicks difference maker? Because that's the point. He's just as much of a difference maker as Julius Irving. I only talk 90s Knicks. Okay. My My head is spinning, but man, the roller skates are flying right now. Well, they got to the playoffs, and so he gets rewarded. In a league where more than half of the teams get to the playoffs. Yes. But the Knicks rarely in that half, so... He gets rewarded. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are giving Todd Bowles a new three-year contract. He will remain the NFL's highest paid defensive coordinator. He's in the final year of his deal with Tampa. I think he's probably, much like Morgan Scally, coach and waiting. That would make sense, right? How old is uh, Arians now? 68. Yeah. And Bowles does have some experience with the Jets as a head coach and was with Arians when he was pretty good, got the Cardinals to the NFC title game. 
Uh, they lost with a third-string quarterback. Uh, and so Bowles has been in this league a number of years, and he's going to come multi-times highly recommended from Arians. So you can see where they might have a transition when Bruce is deciding he's done. But Bruce is having the time of his life, so he's not looking to be done. <laughs> I got this Tom Brady thing going on. It seems to be working, so... Ride that train as far as possible. Yes. Other NFL news, the Washington football team, which dropped the nickname Redskins a year ago, has banned Native American guard from its stadium. Washington has banned fans wearing headdresses or face paint to games at FedEx Field this season. So I saw that. So you cannot fa- paint your face or cannot just be painted in a, what we would consider Native American type face painting. I would think that's... I think it's the latter. I think it's, yeah, I think it's the latter, but I, I'm not sure. I would think if you came in with, like, their burgundy and gold, so if, like, one side of your face was burgundy and the other side was gold, will that be any different than Raider fan with one side of their face silver and the other side black? I was thinking the uh, BYU Cougar fan who sits down in the first row... I've, I've talked to that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's his, got his, uh, he's my got, wife actually taught with his wife for many years. He wears years. the wig. Yeah, he's the always there when you come down that ramp at the last five minutes of the game. And so he's painted in the cougar colors. And to me, that ought to be, I mean, I would never do that. But if you want to do that, I've got no problem with that. If you're, it's, it's, it's entertainment. You're supposed to have fun. And if that's what he views as having fun, I'm all for it. Former number three overall pick Gerald McCoy signed with the Raiders to fill a need at defensive tackle. He missed all the last season, had a ruptured quad tendon. Supposed to be playing for the Cowboys, but couldn't go. He's 33. Raiders also picked up Jeremiah Putasi, former Utah Ute. Oh, yeah, the Bullfrog, Jeremiah. Former uh, Titan draft pick, so he lands in Vegas. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah. We're good. It was good just to be out there and not have masks on and, and all that stuff that uh, we dealt with over the past year. And so it was a uh, spirited practice, as you'd expect, on day one. Uh, we got a lot of guys that are that are back from injuries that appear to be all the way back and healthy, Cam Rising being one of those guys. And so uh, a lot of positive things, but we got a lot of work to do, and we got 24 practices to, to get it done in. So we've got our work cut out for us. <laughs> Says Kyle Whittingham, the first day of every practice for the last say, 16 years. Should I just pull a clip from two years ago and replay it? <laughs> yeah, you got to really ignore last year, but other than that, uh, sure. So does that mean that uh, Cam Rising, who was at 95%, is now 100%? Trust yes. his arm strength yes, and yes. his ability to air it out, push I the mean, ball down the, the field. difference 95 to 100? I mean, you're just kind of making up numbers at that point. Uh, so the point being, he's good enough to compete for the starting job, which would be absolutely awesome because Charlie B threw for 4,400,558 yards in the last game. But as you like to point out, <laughs> it was against the Big 12's Wee defenses. They have their legs tied together like they're in a sack race at the company picnic. 100%. Yep, looked great today. Looked like his old self. And uh, I detected no lack of arm strength. He took every rep that he was supposed to take and uh, said he felt great. There's Kyle on cam right there. Ready to go. I hope he wins the job. You're rooting against Charlie B. No. I'm rooting for Cam Rising. You can choose it as if it's you close, see fit. If it's close, would you go with Cam Rising? Because you could be building something for next year, too. 
Has it got to be Brewer winning decisively? No. Kyle is not interested in building for something for next year. Next year will come when it comes. He's interested in winning as many games. I feel 100% confident in saying that. He's interested in winning as many games as he can right now. So whoever's the better player, if it's a nose, if it's a secretariat in 31 lengths, <laughs> or anything in between, that's who's going to be the starting quarterback. And that player is going to have to perform well enough to keep his job. Whittingham also said veteran defensive end Max Tapai will not be with the team this fall. That's a loss. Maybe it's a loss they can handle because they usually have so much depth at defensive line, but... He's yeah, a they got a couple guy. local guys uh, that are going to step in there. One from Juan Diego, and then uh, one about a nine iron away from Corner Canyon. Xavier Carlton yeah. and Ben Tillinger. So let's see. Uh, I mean, I don't know what the story is. I'm bothered to to research it out. It doesn't matter. He's not there. What difference does it make at this point? But these are an op- this is an opportunity for these other two players to take hold of some more playing time. So I'm not really worried about it. I. I, I I would say a minor blow to the team, not taking anything away from the individual because I don't know the circumstances. But I think as far as the team goes, they'll be fine there. Well, that D-line death should serve them well. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. NCAA's latest health and safety recommendations call for unvaccinated college athletes to be tested weekly for COVID, wear masks in most situations, and be quarantined if exposed to the virus. Vaccinated individuals should not be tested routinely. Don't have weeks built in for makeup games this year, so I guess they're putting a few things in place there, so hopefully they don't have games wiped out. I think going forward, we should no longer celebrate birthdays. I think we celebrate your vax date. <laughs> What is your vac state? Find your card. Yeah, so like when you, go to, when you go to Southwest to uh, make a reservation, you put down when you get the numbers, the date and the day and the month and the year, you just scroll down to your vac state. Get everybody vaccinated. American Athletic Conference Commissioner Mike Oresco denying allegations that his conference in ESPN had strategically aligned or plotted to influence conference structures. Adding that any suggested otherwise was a completely unfounded and grossly irresponsible accusation. The AAC was alleged to have meddled with the Big 12. If I were the AAC, I would have tried to meddle with the Big 12, and if I were the Big 12, I would have ignored them, because even without the Texas and Oklahoma money, they're still making more than the American schools. It doesn't really make sense why you would leave the Big 12 to go to the AAC. That's right now, though. I mean, but who knows what's going to happen and what the ESPN and the TV networks can do. Two years down the line, if West Virginia has gone to the ACC and somebody else has run off to the Pac 12 or the. uh, So that's what I think it was about. It wasn't about today, it was about going forward. And there's going to be some revision. Uh, Speaking to people in Hollywood as far as the Pac 12. They believe it has the potential to have a significant effect. And it most likely will. This is just the start. Did they indicate what comes next? Yes. They don't really know what's coming next. That makes sense because we're still, you know, 2024, 2025 for most of these contracts. So there is plenty of time for something else to happen. And that will happen. Outside of your dumb bleep suggestion to have Hawaii in the conference. I already retracted that. Don't try to hurt me. (laughs) Yeah. 
my friend, I can forgive, but I can't forget. Oh, you could. You choose not to. You don't want to. It's why you get up in the morning. It's here. You breathe. <laughs> and and uh, so with that in mind, put almost anything out on the table and it's conceivable. What's your favorite thing? Best thing? Which you get to revise later because who knows what kind of you know, wild stuff could I haven't even thought about what, what would be the favorite in the, in the clubhouse or whatever they say right now. But I, you could say there's too many things to say. From the Pac-12 perspective, which is what our fans care about. BYU hates the Pac-12 because they got scorned. They didn't get invited to the dance, so they hate them. A lot of their fans, I understand that. And Utah fans love it. And they're beyond the stickers, but we still have fun with that. Uh, and obviously, I care about it because I've been a Pac-12, Pac-10 fan longer than any of his. That uh, I would be most concerned rather about adding. I would be more concerned about subtracting. Yes. The USC would go independent, or the USC and Oregon would go to the Big Ten. Any number of things there. UCLA yeah. and Stanford, or whatever. SEC, for that matter. I mean, SEC, uh, Southwest, and a Southeast. I mean, all the yeah. point is, just about all things are considerable right now, which is not the way you use the word considerable, but you get the point. <laughs> Under consideration. I can forgive and forget. Yeah, but I said it on purpose. Yeah, Although you said it on purpose too, and I was on—I was in a hotel room in Los Angeles, and I'm thinking, "Oh, I can't save him. He's my guy. He's my little buddy, and I can't save him from this because you couldn't hear me. I could have reached over and just put my hand over your mouth and said, "No, don't." I could have wrestled you to the ground, a la Rulon Gardner. But Rulon <laughs> Gardner. But I love wrestling there. on the mind. Yes. on the mind. The wrestling was on the TV a few minutes ago, and there was the guy who was wrestling had to be eighteen letters in his name. Couldn't possibly say that. All right. Well, stay tuned. There is sure to be more to come because it's a solid three to four years of realignment. Oklahoma and Texas starting it. And they're two enormous pieces, and don't rule out what you said about the SEC. They're I don't have any inside info, but there are plenty of people who think the SEC is on their way to creating some 20 or 2014 super conference. How many do they have now counting? 16. uh, Counting the two teams? Texas and Oklahoma are 15 and 16. Well, I think that what that seems to me is that we have three others at 16. Now, what a semblance of those other three at 16. Who knows? Guess. Well, you know, we can go back and forth on that for days. But right now, as you ask, what do I foresee? Knowing it's just a shot in the dark, I think right now that's what I would lead to. Three others having 16. So you have four 16s. That has been proposed and discussed and debated and predicted since the last round of renegotiation, so that's not outrageous. No, and we already but, have one there, and we have the leader there. The right. Tiger Woods of uh, college football conferences is there. And it's not hard to see how the Big Ten could get there. Oh, yeah, anybody can get there, but yeah. But certainly. But who are the four schools the Pac-12 would add? That well, would I don't know that money? there would be a Pac-12. That's the whole point. 
the way we know the Pac-12. I have problems building a fourth league, whether it's the Pac-12 or whatever else. I have problems building a league there. The others, I can see how they might pull Yeah, it but off. if you're top-heavy, it doesn't matter who you have at the bottom. They'll be stuck on the Pac-12 network <laughs> that uh, only Bob and Mary in San Luis Obispo can get. Yeah, but that's not that's not the point. The point is how to make more money. Who's going to come in and bring more money? But, but... Yeah, but see, but if the top-heavy ones are bringing in the money, then who cares at the bottom? That's the whole point. Because if you worried about that, you would throw out some at Vanderbilt in football and whatnot, but yet they don't. Yeah, they don't like to do that. That's the one thing they haven't really crossed with one exception of the Big East kicking out Temple years ago, but it makes sense that they would do that at some point, but the leagues haven't done that yet. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Lose Bauer, plug in Scherzer. Plug and play for the Dodgers. Max Scherzer shows up, strikes out 10, gets a standing ovation, takes Altuve down four times. Three times. Really? Kelly got him the last time. Uh, okay. And the Dodgers beat the Astros 7-5, which Dodger fans have not forgotten the World Series from a couple years ago, so they enjoyed this massively. No, I saw something. I was watching the game. That's how I know Joe Kelly struck out Altuve on that last one. He had struck him out. Scherzer did the first three times. And he's talking about how his tricep injury is is completely healthy, which is just great news, Uh, obviously, because at 37, he was throwing over 95. And so that's very electric stuff. And I'm sure he was pumped up. The place was packed, 52,000 people. Two nights ago, they had the highest attended game this season. Well, last night, they broke it by like uh, 35 or something, they were saying. And uh, so he's a big-time addition to their team. Uh, but I saw some stat that Houston, when they faced Kershaw in the playoff, that the amount of times they did not swing at his curveball, because they knew it was coming. And they knew, if you know it's coming, and then you could see, okay, there's no way that's going to break in the zone. I, I'm not fooled because I anticipate it, and he doesn't throw hard enough anymore. And so, yeah, the second time through or whatever, they just teed off on him. It was obvious. It was just the highest level of sign-stealing that has ever existed in a game that's had sign-stealing for 100-plus years. You know what I mean? And the, yes, they, they, they had all this all this data. It was, like, mind-blowing. I'm, like, at the fifth line. I mean, my eyes are spinning. <laughs> I get the point. It was blatant cheating. And it worked. It did. It did to the highest degree, literally. So and until they let a guy go, and with his hurt feelings, he spilled the beans. <laughs> yeah. So spilled did they the win beans. the World Series when they got Scherzer? Is a team that's really loaded? Is that what they're missing? Well, they, they still in suck one in the more. back end, as they we found out they the scored. Uh, Kelly gave up a home run to Korea in the eighth. I went to bed, and then I wake up this morning. It was seven to three, and then the end. I see that they won seven to five. Don't pick up a game on the Giants. Giants win 7-1, so there's always the chance that the Dodgers stay in the wild card spot that with one game that could get knocked out and any crazy Which could be significant because you're going to have to throw people. I mean, it's a winner-take-all game, obviously. It's a game seven, so who knows what the pitching would be. And so I can't rule out anything, but uh, Scherzer's there for them. And they've been going nuts in the stands. They've been having brawls left and right the last two nights. With Astros and Dodger fans, you go on, you can see on social media, it's like, my goodness, it's ridiculous. Why do you go to for a game for that? Yeah, while you're getting drunk. We have to control fan behavior. Hey, 12 bucks a beer. (laughs) 12 bucks a beer. And, oh, get this. And I know Yach wants to go, but this is really important. 
Uh, so I'm at the Dodger game the other night, the other day, Saturday after Sunday afternoon, and the vendor is selling hot dogs or churros or whatever. Mm-hmm. And somebody asked him about beer, and he said that they eliminated the vendors walking up and down the aisles. Saying, oh, saying, really? But he's saying, "But I need you to complain to Dodger management." And the guy laughs. No, no, no. And he's dead serious. Right. So he's like giving him the number. Because <laughs> so, then he'll get yeah. he'll get more money because he can sell beer instead yeah. of churros or popcorn or yeah. whatever else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was. In Employing people to complain to the organization to have the vendors. So until they're serious, and we can talk about fan behavior all we want, but until they're, if, if you're really serious, knock off the sale of booze. But you want to make the money from the sale of booze. I'm going to sell you the booze, but don't lose your mind after you drink it. Yeah. Anthony Rizzo, RBIs in six straight games. Apparently there's a record for that, and he's one short of it. Yankees spotting the Orioles a three-zip lead, but that's winning ten-three. The first seven games with your new team, yes, with your new team. He's making as a left-hander from Chicago. (laughs) That's a little specific. (laughs) All right, turn the page. Hashtag RSL. RSL losing to the Galaxy. Galaxy get the game's only goal, although honestly they should have had a second or third one there. RSL unable to put the ball in the back of the net. Shut out for the second game in a row. They had chances. Not very many of them, but they had chances and couldn't get it done. So they dropped to 5-5 five and five with six ties. Very average. Spectacularly average right there. If they can get a win and a loss, it could be 6-6-6. Six, six, and six. Ooh. On the baseball front, by the way, USA Baseball didn't make it to the gold medal game against Japan. You hurried us to soccer, well, and just, then you doubled back to It just baseball. finished. So I wanted you to mention it before, and you been, didn't. I thought you said it on the air. My bad. Nope. All right, USA Baseball is on to the final. There you go. RSL is on to Portland to face the Timbers, who will be shorthanded because they're selling to BBC to, Seattle, or to uh, San Jose for more than a million bucks, so... They'll be missing a key piece Saturday. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Cam Meller, college football analyst, creative director for Pro Football Network. (laughs) Will join us in our next segment, and we'll talk some college football, some youth, some Cougars, and some realignment. Craig Bullerjack. TV voice of the Jazz at 9 o'clock on the Jazz off-season moves. The question of the day is up on Facebook. Don't you just love all the moves the Jazz have made? Social media was just full of the love yesterday, PK. You were inspired by that, I take it. Yes, they inspire me. All right. Well, it's out there on Twitter, David DJ James, Facebook DJ and PK. We'll get to that coming up at 8 o'clock. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Big Show show. with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Some friends of mine asked me to play baseball, and they were a year younger, so they told me I had to bat left-handed, and uh, I hit a grand slam. Not a chance. Listen, I swear to you, this is true. Not a chance. You guys have trust issues. (laughs) I wonder why. (laughs) I got a letter from Casey Case. He said I'm a fan. I did get an invitation to go to the Playboy Mansion. I got taught how to play polo (laughs) by Juice Newton. The stories that I tell are 99.5%, 100% factual. 
Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by SNS Roofing. SNS Roofing is your locally owned roof repair expert. For a free quote and all your roofing needs, call SNS Roofing. Time to welcome in Cam Meller, college football analyst, creative director for Pro Football Network. Cam joins us right now on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Cam, good morning. Good morning to you as well. I can't believe we have a football game tonight. (laughs) (laughs) So... I am curious what you think as you uh, watch all of this unfold with Oklahoma and Texas. I, you know, at first I didn't quite understand because I, I looked at it as, man, Oklahoma and Texas really want to get to the college football playoffs. And joining the SEC is sort of a death sentence for them because they're sitting there against teams. You know, they're going to go, they won't win more than seven, eight games at that point. But then you realize how much more money those programs are going to make. And at that point, you got to weigh the national championships versus the money you're going to make on an annual basis. So it sort of makes a little bit more sense. Like, I understand the financial, uh, the availability of the finances there that makes it a little bit more, uh, you know, beneficial for the Sooners and Longhorns. It's still, uh, it's still baffling. And, you know, ultimately we'll just shake up college football for, uh, for forever. Yeah, it certainly will. Do you think it also signals most definitely minimally a 12 team playoff, if not more? Yeah, I think that that's arguably where where it's going, and maybe they have a little bit more inside knowledge than we would generally. Mm-hmm. So that's got to be where we're going, and you know that that also then leads to even more decisions that some other programs are going to have to make, and other conferences have to make as well. So it seems like <clears throat> there's this long predicted theory it's going to be four conferences of sixteen, but it also seems like the SEC is not interested in anybody else or anybody else's survival or what's best for anybody else. And so when I hear people say they could go to 20 or 24 teams, first thing I thought was, what? No way, that's crazy. And then I thought, if the SEC had a chance to get Michigan and Ohio State or Clemson and Notre Dame or Clemson and Florida State, of course they would. They're the SEC. Yeah, there's there's honestly no reason not to at that point. You know, you, you figure it out from there, but yeah, you don't turn down some of those blue bloods that you could that you get and uh, just I mean it's the super conference at that point so again no no reason for them not to turn that down so do you see one if not more conferences as we know them going away and a sort of a reformation of a new look with teams uh, totaling 16 and whatever configuration that might be yeah it's hard to it's hard to put that into words at this point but yeah it's got to be you gotta you gotta move on. And I think we were ready to move on when the big when the Big Twelve had ten teams only and the Big Ten had twelve and then fourteen. You know, we were we're due for a couple of rename and realignments. It does it does make sense. Um, it, it is going to be interesting to see which one loses out in terms of who has to shake their name or who has to conform to the next. So that I think is arguably one of the more uh, fascinating points from a, from a spectator standpoint. So the SEC can gobble up these teams, but you've got one foot in college football as an analyst and another foot in pro football as well. And I'm curious as the NFL looks at that, uh, how many how many NFL players do they see in the Pac-12? Because a lot has been made of you know the best players in California being willing to go uh, all over the eastern half of the country to play for elite programs. Yeah, you know if they start getting even more of 
uh, of these blue blood programs, so to speak, then there's uh, not only are we going to see, obviously, for obvious reasons, the majority of it, um, NFL players are going to be from the SEC, but then they're going to look at it as essentially NFL light, in my opinion. So when you're going to send your scouts and money and, and travel time to these programs, you're going to argue, have to put you know more resources into going and, and viewing these SEC contests because you know if you're looking at a Michigan versus Alabama every year, that's uh, you know how do you not? If you're looking at OSU versus Clemson, but it's an SEC game every single year, then there's no reason not to send it. You know all 32 teams won't be there. So yeah, it's you know it'll be it'll be the NFL light almost NFL junior. Yeah, and the NFL has a system that is designed basically to self-correct that through the draft. And you can't dictate where kids want to go play in college so there will never be any form of a draft. But I'm wondering if, as the NCAA sort of fades out as we know it, if there will be some type of formation of a college football commissioner, so to speak, to do something so it's not so one-sided in that way. Again, that's another tough one to to ask. I think we're long overdue for a college football commissioner. Just if you've seen how everything has worked over the past, you know, past few years, not not only with, you know, Larry Scott and the whole Pac-12 commissioner aspect of the of that, uh, it's. I think there needs to be one giant governing body, and I, I would agree that you know the NCAA presidents have not done quite enough. So I think we're a little bit overdue for sort of a college football commissioner and. I would be interested to see that how it works and, and where it comes from and what the guidance is, but it, it would be beneficial for for everybody, all parties involved, I would assume. So you uh, you got fired up as you watched uh, Zach Wilson play college football. There are still a lot of youth fans who are saying, oh, BYU, you had that record because you didn't play anybody. You played one team one time and you lost. That debate has raged on here. It has raged on. And I'm curious what you think. I mean, we know what you think about Zach. But all the other guys who either got drafted or went to camps, that seemed like a high watermark for BYU, certainly in a decade, uh, probably more than that. Is that something you think the program's going to be able to sustain, anything even in that neighborhood? Uh, it's tough. And the, the debate, it's got to be not even just between you fans and Cougar fans now. It's now between Dolphins fans and Patriots fans who want to say, oh, you know, Zach Wilson only played one one good team, and they failed to understand that they had to make the flight on a, what was it, a Tuesday for a Thursday. Like, it's that game was two days ago. Come on, give the kids some slack here, cut them some slack. So, I, sustaining that, though, I, I don't believe so. And I, unless you have, you know, a, a meteoric rise season like Zach had from, from any other player, you know, we'll see Tyler Algier and James MP and, and a couple other players drafted, I think, this season coming up. But it, at that point, you know, it's, we got to see another rise to get the, the scout there at the BYU games. Or you know, there's got to be a little bit more. It's a uh, thing that is it's not easy unless you're these Alabama or Clemsons or OSUs at this point. Well, what's funny, if we criticize for Zach, criticize Zach Wilson for playing only in one game, so to speak, and they lost, I mean, Trey Lance literally only played one game. <laughs> and I don't know who won. <laughs> I don't remember. But the point being, you know, it's not – I don't know how much the scouts focus in on the competition as opposed to the player himself and what he has to be able to offer you. So how do you handicap all those quarterbacks who were taken – uh, which was, you know, an inordinate amount very, very early in the draft. Yeah, you look at, in my opinion and in my analysis, I look at what the quarterback does against or on the field. What are the, the decisions he's making? You know, a, a pretty pass that's thrown away from coverage is thrown away from coverage 
intentionally. Obviously, there's you look at it independent of the skill level of the players, and you look at what he's done on the field for a quarterback very specifically. So you sort of have to isolate that out. And you know, it doesn't matter if you're playing Texas State, if you're playing Texas, it doesn't matter if you're playing Western Michigan or Michigan. It doesn't. It doesn't matter, in my opinion. If you're a good quarterback, you're a good quarterback, and those traits show up on the field. So. You know, it's handicapping the quarterbacks. Obviously, you look at Trevor Lawrence and Zach with pretty difficult situations that they have to go into as they're, as they're starting right away. So, you know, you got to hope that the team buys in around them and gives them enough time to succeed because, you know, we did not see that necessarily with a guy like Josh Rosen and then going forward. So I, I like what the Jets have done to build around him uh, so far. Um, and we'll see if it uh, see if it pans out. But got to give him some time, I think, to adjust to the game and adjust everything that's going to happen in the, in the pro level. Ken Mello joining us, college football analyst and creative director for the Pro Football Network. So as long as you mention Lawrence, I'm curious about last year's number one pick. You know, out of sight, out of mind, and Joe Burrow got hurt and all that kind of stuff. So is he going to be ready to come back and light it up, or should we tap, tamp down our expectations for him? You know, everybody wants to say that they're going to recreate uh, that fabulous season that he had with Jamar Chase, but I, I would temper expectations. You know, you don't come back from a decently horrific knee injury uh, right away, especially with a team who did not address offensive line issues. And if, you know, if it wasn't bad enough, you look at the first few reports from camp and practice with pads on, and it apparently was ugly. And it's not just ugly because the defense shine. It was that the offense was making terrible decisions. They couldn't block, and Burrow was a little bit gun-shy. So it's practice. I know that's one thing, but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a little uh, hesitant to say that they do very, very well this season, and, and Joe does not quite recreate that magic he had with Jamar Chase. So it's way early, and it really doesn't mean anything, but it's for fun anyway. Uh, who do you see potentially being a first-round quarterback selection in the 2022 draft? Uh, you know, there's, there's the, obviously the big two, Sam Howell and Spencer Rattler, but I do think that Malik Willis sort of is this, people want to claim him as a dual-threat kind of kid, an athletic running quarterback at Liberty, and what competition is he going to play? This is this is a kid who obviously went to Auburn first, uh, runs an incredible read option offense. But he's got all the intangibles of a pro quarterback. He's got amazing read and reactability in the pocket, quite the maneuverability out of the pocket as well. So I really think Malik Willis can vault up draft boards and you know be invited to New York for the highs in the season because I don't see Hugh Freeze taking him out of the games and games that they're up a lot too because uh, you know four thousand passing yards and. 1,500 rushing yards is not out of the question here. What about Slovis at SC? Slovis needs to needs to show some things and show some consistency. Those those first half woes last season, you know, against the the one that really jumped out to me was Arizona. You know, they should never have had to have played from behind against Arizona. So uh, he's got to be a little bit more consistent in all four quarters to to continue to stay in that first round discussion. The NFL emptied out the Utah defense a couple years ago, and last year was a huge rebuilding project. A lot of new guys. They only played five games, but are there already guys on the radar? Have they got a bunch of NFL guys up there again? Yes, and it starts with who I thought should have won Pac-12 Defensive Player over the year in 2019, Devin Lloyd. Uh, this is He's the prototypical linebacker for college football, but also at the NFL. Sideline to sideline ability coverage ability, uh, Devin Lloyd is, is the man. So I, I really don't see how he slips out of day two in the NFL draft already. And that is, you know, that's without this season and any tape he's going to have this season. So uh, it starts with Lloyd, and then I, you know, there's going to be a lot more. I, I think this is an incredibly talented unit, uh, as they always are going to be under Coach Scali. Well, there's football tonight. 
Cowboys and Steelers. I'm not going to ask you to break it down. But are the Cowboys <laughs> ever going to pull it together? I, I'm, I'm so sick of all the hype the rest of the country is. If you're not on board with America's team, my gosh. That, it, it's been decades of this. They're just going to go 8-8 eight and eight again, aren't they? Well, they can't. 17 games, so they'll go 9-8. and eight. You know, you're, you're optimistic there for them. I, I am not. Uh, I like Dak as a quarterback. I, I think he spent too much money on Zeke, and I think what they've built sort of – it's an aging, ticking time bomb, and I don't think McCarthy's ready for this, uh, this level of the NFL that we're in this year. So, uh, you know, he's, he's on a short leash after year one. I it, I don't see them putting it together. Obviously, we won't we won't really learn anything tonight. I I am very excited to see Simi Fihoko though that receiver. Uh, I hope that Ben DiNucci can get him the ball though. That's all I gotta say. Cam, we appreciate the time. Enjoy the game. Thanks a lot. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Cam Miller, college football analyst, creative director for the Pro Football Network. Join us right here on ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the Zone. Cowboys and Steelers on Fox tonight at six o'clock. The uh, Hall of Fame game in Canada. Well, you're going to go nuts if the Cowboys won, right? I probably won't. Well, Australia beat the U.S. in basketball, and you went nuts? It's not the same thing, and you know it. <laughs> it's an exhibition game. It couldn't be more identical in terms of meaninglessness less, less, less. The what, huh? <laughs> meaninglessness less. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you do when names you don't know how to pronounce. You just <laughs> might have done that a time or two. I'll just go ahead and raise my hand and plead guilty to that. We now it's friendlies now are determining everything. You know, I Utah has a scrimmage not this Saturday but next Saturday. If they don't win that, they're not going to win a game this year. You need to <laughs> listen if they, to... If they can't beat themselves. <laughs> you need to listen to Fran Frischilla. Because he was talking Coach to you Fran? and he tweeted out. And, and you've talked to Fran many times. I have. Let's not get smug about this. I love my at USA basketball as much as I love international hoops. Be grateful that KD decided to play. That was after the win. Well, what is, does that mean decided to show up? or does it, And he didn't necessarily... No, I think it's I, literally on the team. I, all I've got to go on is the is the tweet, and I assume he means that he didn't stay home the way LeBron did, the way Steph did, and that because the USA has this one elite player, that's the difference for them between winning and losing. And the Suns, man! If Antetokounmpo would have got deported, we'd have a championship in Phoenix! <laughs> what sport, what game can't you say that? That's your best evidence. My work here is done for the day. Goodbye. Good night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Let's not get smug about this. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> well, of course. And and right now, the Australians are thinking, man, if we would have had Aaron Baines, who like fell in the bathroom or something and, and injured himself and is out. Yeah, that's the game everybody plays. Booker had a nice game, too, if you could say Booker. Thank goodness the Suns lost, so Booker still has an edge, or else they would have lost that game. Come on, come on, come on! DJ and PK, question of the day coming up. How much do Jazz fans love the offseason? We will get to that and all the Jazz moves coming up right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started! (laughs) 
This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. John Wilner from the Mercury News. USC picked to finish first, but it seems like they're always near the top and can't seem to close the deal more often than not. How do you see the South shaking up this year? I guess I see it as a three-team race, but I think that ASU and Utah, I give them a little bit better chance than I do USC. I picked ASU originally, but Utah to me, you know, the dynamics have changed a little bit in terms of how I look at their season. Just because uh, of the quarterback situation has gotten much, much better for them, right? I mean, you got a big 12 quarterback who threw like 65 touchdown passes. And I think he could be the Gardner Minshew of this year and really transform a program. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Question of the day. Don't you just love all the moves the Jazz have made? Vast enthusiasm for the Jazz offseason on social media. Agreed. It's gone better than I expected on paper. Now, that's all it is right now. you got to get it on the floor. But it's maybe better is not the right word, but it's more intriguing. Well, that's a fine line. You are parsing right there. But I don't know if it's better. It looks better. I agree with you on the don't know if it looks better. I mean, it looks which, better. Which Rudy Gay are you getting? The other one. <laughs> <laughs> which Rudy Gay am I getting? There's two of them? Yeah, they're the real. Rudy Gay. <laughs> Please stand up. <laughs> and what I mean by that is that guy who shot 38% from three, I hope that guy stands up. Because the guy who shot 31% from three stands up, that's an issue. Yeah, then you factor in, you know, his teammates. He's playing with a better team, so mm-hmm. you have more opportunities to get your feet set and whatnot and all that type of stuff because you're playing with a better team. You're playing with an athlete, the level of Donovan Mitchell, who just demands so much attention. On a half a toe, he had 39-9-9. So what can he do if he has all five toes on both feet? I mean, the, the possibilities are endless for him. So what is that going to create for other people? And Mitchell, he didn't say this last year. He said it last, uh, this most recent season. I think he said it the year before, you know, as far as creating and having his head up, basically, to look for other guys. Well, you know, maybe Rudy Gay can be the number one most beneficiary of that situation. So I don't, I don't know that. That's what I'm saying. Right. It, it appears better. But the one thing I can't argue, even with myself, is the intriguement of it all. <laughs> intriguement. Yes. File that next to, what was the word you made up in the previous, uh, early in this hour? You've already forgotten. <laughs> I have forgotten. It was something with less and less and less and less. So I carried it all out there. There's considerableness, I believe. I, no, that was, that was one of them. That uh, was the one I was going for. Considerableness. Uh, okay. Uh, so... But the intriguing aspect of it, the intriguement of it all, is undeniable. No one can argue that the moves they made have a level of intrigue that, it, for me, is way higher than I thought I would be at four days into free agency. Conley back. You could see that coming. That was a given. You thought that was more likely than not. I right? thought it was like 90-some percent. Whiteside for favors. Intriguing. I realize it wasn't a trade, but that's sure what it looks like on the uh, roster. It's a rotational trade. Yeah. Tony says if you really look at the moves, we didn't have to change much to get good additions to the team. So I think overall, it's been some decent ads. It, it, it can be 
disappointing. It can be decent. It can be a smash. So if you use them in grading terms, it could be a C. It could be a B. It could be an A. I don't think it'll be a D or an F. Can it be an A if you're not adding anyone to the starting group? Because it looks like the starting group's going to no. be exactly well, the yes, same. Yes, because I don't think that's what they needed. They need the starting group to be healthy. Well, and with if the no. starting group isn't healthy, then what you need is reserve. Yeah. Who is that reserve or reserves? So that's where they went. I don't. I don't believe they were going to make any starting assignment changes. Not off a team that won that many games. Why would you? Unless you had some overwhelming deal where somebody just gifted you some stud. And that probably wasn't going to happen. So where you needed to address clearly was the reserves for the reserves themselves and also the reserves if a starter gets hurt. Well, it's essentially Niang for Rudy Gay. And Niang's coming off a really just, he didn't shoot at a lick in the playoffs. So I realize there's this wide range for Rudy Gay, so it appears that it'll be an upgrade. The question is, how much of an upgrade will it be? Hence, an A, B, or C. C, but not the D or F. No, no, I don't see that. No. I think it potentially, and not just Gay alone, everybody could end up leading the transactions to grade out as an A, which obviously is best-case scenario. Yang shot 28% in the postseason last year. So and I Rudy think, Gay ought to give him that. Well, Gay gives you more versatility yes. with his size to, to go a five-shooting lineup if you wanted to. He's got enough size that if they... They haven't they haven't shown a desire to do that if they want, or maybe they didn't have the personnel, maybe they have the desire, but they didn't have the personnel to do it. I think the single I, one is more likely. I think that he can give you that opportunity to what degree, to what stretch, how long, how many minutes, whatever, remains to be seen. But right now we're just talking about possibilities. And the possibility is there. And you know, you can't forget that Quinn Snyder won fifty games uh, uh three years ago starting non shooters. Three non-shooters. And three not three non three threats from three with favors Rubio, Rubio and Gobert, and they still won over fifty games. That that that's a heck of a coaching job right there. It doesn't get the run I think that it deserves because a lot of times people just look at other things, and you've got to be really close to the situation. Like I've said this for almost 20 years, Bronco Mendenhall going 6-6 six and six that first year was one of the best coaching jobs that I've ever seen. And I've been around a lot of coaches at the pro and college level and in high school for that matter. And that was right there for because that program was just a mess. It was so much in the toilet. And to get them to that level was a great job. Snyder did that a couple years ago, three years ago. Now you're going to give him even more weapons and see what he can do as far as that goes. And it's very intriguing. I'm... I'm, I'm extremely intrigued when we get to October, November, and this thing gets rolling for good. All right, we've got more of your action coming up. You can hit us up. What you think of the Jazz offseason moves? How pumped are you? Because it seems like everyone is pumped. Maybe you're not. If you aren't, you can hit us up. 
on Twitter, David DJ James, Facebook, DJ and PK. Grab your phone, use the app, use the open mic feature, send us your take, and Yach will play them in the 8 o'clock hour. Grab your phone, use our app and the open mic feature, and you can send us 15 seconds of audio. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.